This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. We want to hear from you. As a Daily Drive listener, your feedback is important to us. Please take our short survey about your listening preferences to help us improve your experience with automotive news podcasts. The survey will take about two minutes to complete. Just go to autonews.com slash podcast survey. Again, that's autonews.com slash podcast survey. We appreciate your help and look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, July 27th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, a new report says Tesla created a secret team to suppress thousands of range complaints. Sonic Automotive's earnings plunge in the second quarter. And Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares says 25 grand is the sweet spot for EVs. Plus, We'll hear from Toyota Motor North America's Nick Sitarski about the company's new ADAS suite and its different approach to safety features. For example, if there's a bicyclist or a pedestrian on the side of the road, it may gently help try to steer just ever so slightly away from them or potentially even apply just a little bit of braking before you get to them in a way that's very subtle you may not even notice. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. A Reuters investigation has found that Tesla rigged algorithms about a decade ago to exaggerate in-dash driving range estimates. It says Tesla employees were instructed to thwart any customers complaining about poor driving range from bringing their vehicles in for service. Last summer, the company quietly created a diversion team in Las Vegas to cancel as many range-related appointments as possible. According to several people familiar with the matter, managers told the employees that they were saving Tesla about $1,000 for every canceled appointment. Neither Tesla nor CEO Elon Musk responded to detailed questions from Reuters. You can read the full story at autonews.com. Sonic Automotive saw its net income plunge by 75% in the second quarter. The retail group reported net income of $23.4 million dollars while revenue increased 4% to $3.7 billion, an all-time record. In June, the retailer said it would take a significant second-quarter charge in closing eight Echo Park used-only locations. Today, Sonic disclosed that it also indefinitely suspended operations at 14 Echo Park delivery buy centers and three Northwest Motorsport used-only stores in the Pacific Northwest. Sonic said the move led to a $13 million quarterly loss for Echo Park, which also saw revenue fall more than 9% to just over $600 million. Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares says that the sweet spot for affordable EVs is around $25,000. Tavares said reaching this price point will be essential to safeguarding the company's U.S. manufacturing footprint, He told reporters he thinks that building affordable EVs that are profitable should be central in UAW contract negotiations this year. If we want to protect the jobs in the U.S. and the manufacturing footprint in the U.S., we need to find the conditions to make $25,000 BV in the U.S. that we can sell at significant volumes 
with the reasonable margins for that proposal to the market to be sustainable. That means a certain number of conditions, and that's the kind of things that uh, we should be uh, discussing with our unions. How do we build that? Tavares also discussed the possibility of a UAW strike and Jeep's lagging sales. He says he understands strikes are a tool unions can use to flex their muscle, but believes they hurt everyone. And Magna International has entered a 10-year agreement for silicon carbide microchips from semiconductor manufacturer OnSemi. The supplier giant will use OnSemi's products in its e-drive systems. Magna says the silicon carbide chips will help provide better cooling, faster acceleration, and quicker charging times compared to standard silicon-based semiconductors. A Magna spokesperson said the company's plan to produce units in the tens of millions over the course of the agreement. The value of the deal was not disclosed. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Tesla rigged algorithms 10 years ago to exaggerate driving range estimates. Now, is this once again where the FTC gets involved? You know, that's a that's a great question. It seems uh, like a very likely case for the FTC, maybe the Consumer Product Safety Commission as well. I mean, if somebody is driving across a desert and they have a grossly misstated range estimate, that could be a dangerous thing. You know, we've heard some complaints recently about range performance in Teslas. It does make you wonder if, if this is related. And it just seems like the complications could really spiral from here, as you said, uh, something like the FTC, the CPSC, you know, it's very possible that the Securities and Exchange Commission could get involved. I would not be surprised to see, you know, customer lawsuits, but also shareholder lawsuits. Uh, this could really be huge. I'm interested to see what this turns into. Uh, coming up, Nick Satarski of Toyota Motor North America joins the show to talk about the company's new advanced driver assistance systems. That's next on Daily Drive. Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for a trade appraisal missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves, from appointment scheduling through final confirmation in under two minutes. Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service lane, GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Driver assist systems are fundamental to modern vehicles, a key differentiator between brands. While some companies are dipping a toe into SAE Level 3 automated driving, Toyota is refining its Level 2 suite badged as Toyota Safety Sense. Nick Satarski, Vice President of Integrated Vehicle Systems for Toyota Motor North America, is working on the rollout of Toyota Safety Sense 3.0. He's based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I reached him this week in California. Here's part of our conversation. Nick Satarski, welcome to Daily Drive. Oh, thanks, Jamie. How are you doing today? 
Tell me about Toyota Safety Sense 3.0 and how it's better than, you know, 2.5 or 2.5 plus. It, it looks like the big change is adding proactive driving assist. What exactly is that? Yeah, let me uh, back up, Jamie, and just give you some background. Toyota's philosophy for automated driving over the years is to reduce fatalities and accidents as much as possible. So we've been uh, implementing various versions of Toyota Safety Sense going back for years. In 2018, we hit the 10 million vehicle mark in global uh, TSS adoption. And so TSS 3 does a few things. Let's start off by saying any of these advanced safety systems, they start off with sensing. You need to be able to sense the world around you to be able to make a decision on how to assist the driver. So the two main sensors TSS uses is a camera and a millimeter wave radar. Those both have increased capabilities for TSS-3. In addition, some versions of TSS-3 will include front side radar sensors and also a drive monitor camera. So fundamentally, these extra sensors give uh, more ability to understand what's going on in the world around you and you can do different things. That's the starting point. Using that information, all of our standard features, your adaptive cruise control, your lane trace assist, uh, and for me, kind of most importantly, your pre-collision system is able to make better decisions. Um, as an example, the speed reduction allowed by TSS-3 is a larger speed reduction for your pre-collision system than previous versions. Then in addition to that, we've added new features such as the proactive driving assist that you mentioned. And let me get right into proactive driving assist since you asked about that. That proactive driving assist does three things. First, it has uh, what we call an obstacle anticipation assist. So if you look at your pre-collision system, it's kind of an emergency or evasive maneuver, right? It's waiting to the last second and making some emergency braking to avoid a collision. On a high level, what proactive driving assist does is it tries to help apply very gentle braking and steering that maybe the driver won't even notice um, in order to make your driving experience a little smoother. So the obstacle detection assist that I mentioned, for example, if there's a bicyclist or a pedestrian on the side of the road, it may gently help try to steer just ever so slightly away from them or potentially even apply just a little bit of braking before you get to them in a way that's very subtle. You may not even notice. I thought that was interesting because sometimes, you know, systems want to keep you centered. And as a driver, you want to veer away from a bicyclist, you know, but then the, it bumps against the, you know, the dotted line and it's, you know, it says, no, you should stay centered. And sometimes they try to push you almost back toward the bicyclist. Yep. And what we're trying to do is just give that ever so slight assist to the driver. Speaking of staying centered in the lane, you touched on, and I'll, I'll jump back to the proactive driving assist. As it turns out, as you mentioned, people don't normally drive in the center of the lane all the time. As an example, uh, if you've experienced where you're driving down the freeway and there's a semi-truck right on the lane divider, you may bias yourself away from that semi-truck, right? To yes, give a little I more do. space. Yep. So that's another. Um, feature in our lane trace assist that will do that when you're in lane trace assist mode to maybe give you just a little bit of offset to leave a little bit more room in certain conditions. That's that's another uh, feature of TSS-3. Getting back to the proactive driver assist, it will also apply what I kind of call like a pre-brake. You can think of it as a pre-brake, 
So imagine the scene where you're driving down a country road, maybe 45 miles an hour, and you're getting into an area where there's some windy turns. Typically, you may want to take your foot off the gas pedal and apply the brake to scrub some speed for a tight turn. What proactive driving assist will do is when you take your foot off the gas pedal, it will start to apply just a little bit of brake before you get to the brake pedal to start scrubbing that speed uh, in that hopes that you don't have to hit your brake pedal quite as hard. And it will also do that if you're coming up on like slower traffic or a stop vehicle. Again, these features aren't intended to totally control your vehicle. These are still level two systems where the driver is in charge, but they're meant to just make things a little bit smoother and, and kind of work with the driver to make a little bit of a nicer feeling for the driver. I've recently driven some competing models that seem to have a similar technology that kind of, if you're in adaptive cruise or you're using the driver assist systems, let's say on I-75 in Detroit, and it has a little curve to it, it'll slow down into the curve, uh, which, you know, is great on a twisty road in the country, but is uh, suboptimal when you're surrounded by everybody going 70 to 80 miles an hour on the highway. And then it forces you as the driver to kind of override on the gas. Yeah, certainly um, you can have suboptimal conditions. And what I'll say about that is what we really try to focus on is we call it uh, natural and confident driving. The trick is to make an a system that works with the driver so that it's smooth and comfortable and feels natural. It doesn't feel like you're fighting the vehicle. And really in, in North America, that's what my division spends most of our time on is understanding, okay, we know going into a turn, maybe we need to slow down a little bit. How do we do that in a way where it's not kind of shocking or jarring or the driver experiences some jerk feeling? We really strive to have that comfortable system that's, you know, pretty predictable for the driver and they don't feel like they're tense. Any of these systems, we want the the driver to get out of the vehicle saying, you know, I feel stress-free and secure and safe in the system. If you get out of driving one of these systems and, you know, you're kind of grabbing the steering wheel the whole time and you're a little bit nervous when you're done, you know, my, my opinion, that's not tuned uh, in a way that's beneficial for our customers. You mentioned uh, the driver monitor camera. How How pervasive is that going to be and what is the primary function of it? Yeah, so in our system, the there's a couple things that we do for the dry monitor camera. One is we have a traffic jam assist hands-free. So imagine you're in a, you know, 10, 15 mile an hour traffic jam stop and go. In that case, we will allow you to take your hands off the steering wheel under the right conditions uh, and use the dry monitor camera to make sure your eyes are on the road. Again, as a level two system, we want to ensure that people are in the loop. We're not taking the human out of the loop. And so we monitor the looking at the road. Another thing that it will do for vehicles equipped with a dry monitor camera, even when you're manually driving, if you take your eyes off the road, it will give you a friendly reminder that, hey, you might want to look on the road again, especially with distractions of cell phones and, and food and this and that and the other thing. It's pretty useful. My wife's RX has it. And at first she was asking me, why is this this beeping a little bit? And I said, keep your eyes on the road and you won't have, have an issue. You know, I'll, I'll joking around with her, but it'll do that. You know, just another way to 
try to improve safety. The other thing that we use that for is we have a system called EDSS, Emergency Driver Stop System. And that uh, camera will be used in part to determine if a driver has become incapacitated while in the car. So you can imagine uh, a diabetic person, maybe their insulin or their sugar level goes low. Someone has a heart attack, a stroke. You know, unfortunately, someone may have had had too many drinks. And if the camera can detect a driver's incapacitated, you get a bunch of beeps and warnings. And um, after a certain amount of time, when it determines like, hey, this, this driver's just not doing anything, it can bring the vehicle to a stop and turn your hazards on. That, I would assume uh, drowsy driving, if somebody is dozes off behind the wheel, it would also chime at them and, and try to wake them up. That's correct. Yeah. And I, ideally, someone would hear the chimes and the beeps and the buzzes, et cetera, et cetera, and, and wake up. But in the event that they don't and they're completely unresponsive, uh, it would bring the vehicle to a stop. TSS3, I think that's it's, is it, or at least the previous, the 2.5, I think it was standard on several models. Is TSS3 going to be standard? Is it going to be an option? How does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. So Toyota is committed to making Toyota Safety Sense and Lexus Safety System standard on on all of our vehicles. And the rollout of what vehicle gets what version is, um, you know, over time we upgrade most vehicles to to the latest versions, just depending on when the the vehicle launch date is, and, and we'll make a major change. I might not get all of them, but right now TSS three is on the Lexus NX and RX. And then um, we have like Cross, the BZ, Prius, and, you know, future vehicles that are upcoming will we'll upgrade to the TSS3 system. All right. Well, we'll get out our uh, automotive news future product pipeline when it publishes on Toyota and we'll, uh, we'll start uh, tracking when all those models are going to get the TSS3. Yep. There you go. And there is a standard version of TSS and then the enhanced version. The enhanced version will get your... Um, dry monitor camera and, and allow for, for example, the traffic jam assist with hands-free. So that's how you know if you're going to have the driver monitor system, if, if it's enhanced. Yep. Great. All right. Well, gosh, so much more we could talk about, but we're pretty much out of time. Nick, thanks for taking some time out of your busy day and joining me today on Daily Drive. No problem. Thank you so much, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Vince Bond Jr., Jack Walsworth, and John Irwin for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on innovation and tech, earnings results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with the CEO of dealership training company, Quantum 5, David O'Brien, about the problem of service drive technician turnover and how to solve it. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.